Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. kind of want to walk back out just to do that and come, come back in again. <laughs> what a uh, privilege it is for me to be here uh, with you all. I love, love, love the Building Christian Fellowship. And, uh, and I just, I appreciate, <laughs> well, thanks. And, uh, and you all have some amazing pastors. Listen, um, it, it has been said over and over and over that everything rises and falls on leadership. Everything you love about the Building Christian Fellowship is a result of Pastor John and Pastor Kaya's leadership, their love for God, their love for you, their love for this community. And there's so many things there. So uh, I know that they're, well, they're engaged right now in what, what they got going on as far as ministering, but so they're watch the replay but I just want to say I love you both as well thank you all for inviting me to come back and uh, what a blessing it is for us to, to be here I, I can't see most of you all uh, based on this on this lighting right now uh, which, which is fine but I do want to acknowledge uh, my wife who it might be in here might be she got the one-year-old so there's no telling what's happening is she, is she in here she's out probably on, on okay so so but my wife is here today uh, Janine, and uh, she's just been an amazing, amazing woman uh, to me as a, as a wife and as a mother to our kids. Our three kids are here, and so um, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, thanks. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> now I can see everybody. Um, but I just want to say that, you know, this, this past year has obviously been, been pretty crazy, not just on a, a global scale and a, and a national scale, but even in our own lives, we've all been impacted in a variety of ways, just by normal stuff, right? Aside from the pandemic, just, just normal issues, normal life has still been happening, right? And so on top of all of that, in the midst of all that, God has been faithful, God has been with us, and he has seen us through, and we're even here today, even as a testimony of that. And so... Uh, so in our, in our family, we've got a, a six-year-old now, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. And so every day is an adventure, and no day is ever the same. But, uh, but, but uh, we've just been grateful throughout, through it all. Um, I, today, I um, am grateful to see you all. I'm grateful to see other friends in this area, brothers and sisters in the Lord from this area, whether from other congregations or uh, online, uh, hearts like his, good to see you all here today. <laughs> and some of you on the front row. Um, but great to see you all. Thank you all for coming out. Um, today, I, I, I want to address 
um, something that I, I wish someone would have told me when I first got saved. Just some things I wish someone would have told me when I first got saved. I, I want to answer some questions that, that probably some of you in here today have on your heart and on your mind as it relates to what do I need to do to actually be changed by God? How many of you, you, I mean, in your heart, like no, no joke, no kidding, you really want to be changed by God? Good, good. You're all right. I'm talking to the right people today. You really want to be changed by God. So then let me ask you this question, um, changed into what? Changed into what? Someone said to the image of Christ, and that is a biblical answer. Here's why that is not to be assumed. Because all of us have come from different backgrounds, different experiences, uh, maybe even different churches and different experiences with church and different understandings and, and beliefs. And so, so there are a lot of people that have in their mind a picture of a good Christian, and they think that God is working in them to help them become that picture of a good Christian. And that's not accurate. The, the standard really is much higher than that. It's to become like Jesus. It's to become like Jesus. But, but yet, but yet, throughout 2020, and even up to, to today in 2021, we have seen an abundance of examples of Christians who aren't appearing to be Christians. Anyone ever seen any, any shocking behavior? Maybe, maybe. Let's not just look at other folks. Maybe you shocked yourself. Huh? How, how many posts did you type and had to delete? Come on now. There, there are stages like some, some of y'all, y'all typed it and the Holy Spirit's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. Others of you, you typed it, Holy Spirit's like, no, no, no. You're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because I'm tired of this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sinned. And then you went back. Okay, all right, Holy Ghost, edit, delete, my, my bad. There, 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 are some, there are some who are labeled Christians who, who probably aren't actually Christians. So we, we have to understand that that's a reality. Okay? Then there are others who are shown enough Christians but are spiritually immature. See, there's a difference between not being saved at all and being a babe in Christ. There are some who are not saved at all, don't really know Jesus, no evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in their life. They may have jumped through some hoops someone told them they need to jump through in order to be saved, and those hoops aren't biblical. And then there are others who really believe that God sent his son, who really believe that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is King and Jesus is Savior, but they got this thing called the flesh that the Holy Spirit is working in them 
and he's renewing their mind. He's changing their heart. They have begun the process, but they ain't finished yet. And then there are others who've been on, on the gospel train for a long time. Others that God has been working on for a long time. Others who, here's the key, have submitted to the work of the Holy Spirit so that you can actually see spiritual growth, spiritual maturity, and spiritual progress. Now, we all got the same book, same God, same Jesus, same spirit, but we don't all have the same heart posture towards God. And that is the game changer. That is the game changer. How, how can it be that, um, this, this is a question I ask God over, over, I mean, multiple times throughout my time as a, as a believer and even as a minister, as a chaplain, as a pastor. I say, God, I, I know scriptures. I've, I've memorized, I mean, since I was a kid, I, I know scriptures. Why am I not more like Jesus than I should be right now? I don't know, why, why am I still prideful and angry and irritable and have no patience with people and folks just flat out get on my nerves? Like, why? why but, but, but I can tell you this verse and this verse and this. Like, what is the, what's the gap? Yeah. How is this possible? How is this possible? Because I came to the point where I, w- I was tired of just going to Bible study or teaching Bible study. I was tired of just listening to sermons or even preaching sermons. I came to the point where I said, I just really, th- this is not working. I'm doing a whole lot of things. And in, in, in the average church, I can get the Christian merit badge for all these kind of things, but that's not what I want. At the end of the day, I came to the point, I said, I, I just really want to be like Jesus. And I want to see more progress in my life where I'm becoming more like Jesus. I want to see my mind renewed. I want to see my heart changed. Like, what, how is it I can do all of these things and still not experience real deep change and transformation in my life? And so there's a couple of things that he mentioned. And to share with you some of those things, let me share with you a couple of, of stories and, and illustrations. You know, when you talk to uh, a person as a pastor, as a chaplain, and people uh, have the experience of um, reaching a spiritual plateau, right? their, their, their Christian life has just got boring. Their spirituality just got boring. Like just flat, it just, you know, like, like flatlined. They come in the office Pastor, chaplain, what's, I don't know where I'm going in my spiritual life, in my spiritual walk. I just feel like I've hit a spiritual wall. I don't feel like I'm growing anymore. I feel like I'm just going through the motions. And I said, well, tell me about what are these motions? What, what are you doing? Well, I read my Bible every day and I pray and I this and And they begin to tell you about all of these religious activities and spiritual activities that the Bible tells us to do, that every uh, Christian uh, should practice in order to, to be mature. But here's where the shift takes place, and this is one of your big takeaways for today. Here's where the shift takes place. As I'm listening, oh, I mean, this is over and over and over and over and over. I'm in ministry now almost 30 years, which seems like really crazy for me to say that. But <laughs> almost 30 years over and over and over, in the military, outside of the military, right? And in, in work in the hospital setting and in and, 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 and deployed situations in Iraq and Afghanistan. It's the, it's the same, it's the same thing. And it's the same, it's a common mistake. And maybe some of you are making that mistake as well. 
And here it is. People put more faith in the activity to change them than the person to change them. And you'll be thinking that because I'm doing all of these things, I should be becoming more like Jesus. Because I'm reading my Bible, because I'm coming to worship, so because I'm in a small group, I should be experiencing all of these things. And those activities, here's the key, those activities alone will not change you. Y'all, listen, there are people who heard Jesus personally preach messages and were not changed. What is the difference between those who heard him? Like, like come on, what would you give to just listen to Jesus preach and teach to you like live and in person, right? But here's the thing. There's evidence all through scripture that people heard him and still were not changed. How you listen to Jesus and still not changed the hardness of their heart. On the other hand, there were others who listened to Jesus and said, truly, he is the son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the one we've been waiting for. He is the son of God and is God. He is the one who is the way, the truth, and life. Others heard it and they got it. Light bulbs were clicking on for them. What is the difference? Their heart. Their heart. And so for me, I had put a lot of faith and trust in doing the things, in the activities. And because I put a lot of faith and trust in those activities, it created a lot of frustration. It created frustration. It created a religious attitude towards those who weren't doing the activities. It created pride because I felt like I was, since I was disciplined enough to do these things, man, you, you, you're, you're not, you need to step up your game. Right? If you're not doing these things, then shame on you. And so when you, when you put a lot of faith in what you're doing, then, then, uh, then, then subtly uh, religious judgmentalism comes in towards people who aren't doing that. And subtly pride comes in where you feel like more elevated and closer to God because of those things than other people. And before you know it, you have developed something in your heart and something in your character that is nowhere in Jesus Christ at all. How do we really become changed? How do we really experience transformation through these things? These things alone, they're not bad. Reading scripture, prayer, gathering with the saints, those aren't bad, but those alone won't do it if your heart is not open and if your faith is in the action instead of the person. There's a passage of scripture that, 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 that helps us understand uh, where our focus needs to be. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. I'm going to read it in two different translations, the ESV or English Standard Version, and then I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. Here's what it says in the, the English Standard Version. It says this, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. It's not your, your effort. It comes from the Lord. 
It's not you straining and striving. It comes from the Lord. It's not you trying to prove to God how diligent you are, how serious you are. It comes from the Lord. If the Lord and his spirit does not bring change in you, I don't care what you do. It won't happen. This comes from the Lord who is the spirit. And the New Living Translation says this way. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like him as we are, as we are changed into his glorious image. He makes us more and more like him. More and more like him. So there is a process there. There is a step-by-step, step, but you got to first make sure that you're on the right, that you're on the right track. You got to first make sure that you have decided to follow Jesus for real. You have to first make sure that when you think about um, the question, am I saved or not, that you're not going to a prayer that you repeated, but you're going to something that happened in your life, a change happened in your heart, a decision that you made. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Okay. All right. So, so when, we, when we begin there, we just don't assume that everybody's saved who's, who's wearing the, the T-shirt. But when, when, you, when you really begin there and you go, I, I know something happened to me. I know I've submitted my life to Jesus. I know that I repented of my sins. I know, I know I'm a child of God. Okay, now the Holy Spirit is in you, and now you can see what the Holy Spirit is going to be doing. He's going to be making you more and more like Jesus from, from one degree of glory to the next, right? There's change after change after change after change after change after change. There's being healed after being healed after being healed. After being, there's restoration after restoration after restoration after restoration. There's wholeness after wholeness after wholeness after wholeness. He does this in you. But watch what he says. He says this, we with all with an unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into that same image. Let me ask you this question and I don't want you to feel too guilty about it but you're probably not going to have the best answer. I'm just making a point. If you think about how many song lyrics you know from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever your genre, whatever your favorite genre, and your favorite artists, you think about how many of those lyrics, if the beat dropped right now, <laughs> if the beat dropped right now, you'd be like, ah, uh, you're all right, just, just like that. When you, when you compare, when you compare how many of the lyrics you have, they're just, you know them. You know them. You ain't got to think about it. You got to go, oh, what was, no, you know them. How many lyrics of your favorite artists you know? And how many words of Jesus you know? If you compare those two and you ask yourself, well, then who am I following? There, 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 would, there would be a gap, right? Right. Now, when it, comes to, when it comes to music, all of a sudden, we ain't got no problem with our memory, now do we? Well, I just can't memorize scripture. It's just so hard to stop it. <laughs> no, 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 stop it. Because you weren't trying to memorize it the first time with all the lyrics. You weren't trying. Right? What did you do? You actually meditated on it. That's why it's in there. That's why it's boom, boom. Next thing you know, right? <laughs> it's just, here, here, here's why. Listen, this is what I'm telling you. Because it's in you. 
And when it is in you, it don't take much for it to come out of you. Whether it's hip hop or the word. The difference is where we committed our time, where we committed our focus, where we committed our hearts. And it got in there. We all with unveiled face, which means we we able to see now, beholding the glory of the Lord are being changed. As we behold the glory of Jesus, the beauty of Jesus, the majesty of Jesus, you cannot with an open heart behold the glory of Jesus and he not change you. And let me tell you what, when he changes you after you have put your mind on him, your heart on him, when he changes you, you don't have to try to memorize scripture because you'll be living it. It'll be in your heart. It's more important that you meditate and live it than if you try to memorize it. Is memorizing good? It is good, but the, but the downside is that some people think that memorization alone is the goal, and it's not the goal. I know people with PhDs in the Old Testament and PhDs in the New Testament. They can quote whatever scripture you want to hear, and they don't know Jesus. Just reading the Bible, memorizing the Bible, quoting the Bible to others, that alone will not change you. There's evidence of it. There's evidence of it. On the other hand, it's more important that you live one scripture than you memorize a thousand of them. It's more important that you let the Holy Ghost take the truth of his word and challenge you and change you. And you open your heart to say, I hear you, Holy Spirit. Do the work in my heart. Take the things out that don't need to be there. Put in there what needs to be there. I'm I'm hearing you point out the sin in my life. And I'm saying, I agree. Make me like Jesus. That's all I really, really want. And the word says, this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. One of the things I want you to take away today is this, that you'll see more transformation when you rest than when you're working. More, why? Because the Lord, this this comes from the Lord. If this comes from the Lord, he's the one that will change you. If you want to stop cussing, he's the one that will change you. If you want to stop sleeping in somebody else's bed, he's the one that will change you. If you want to stop looking at pornography, he's the one that will change you. If you want to stop being a cheater and a betrayer and whatever else is your issue, he's the one who will change you. And when he changes you, you won't have to try to manage your sin. You will be completely transformed. We've got to come back to the place where we believe that the Spirit of God changes people from A to B. That the power of the gospel changes people from A to B. And, and he can do it when he has our focus, when he has our attention, when he has our hearts. Because if not... Trust me, you can go through the motions. Five years, ten years, and still not be any more patient today than you were ten years ago. 
not be any more loving today than you were 10 years ago, not have any more joy or peace today than you did 10 years ago as a believer. And so when I began this different part of my journey, after being saved for a while, after teaching Bible studies, after preaching messages, after pastoring people, marriage counseling, one-on-one counseling, addiction counseling, mar- uh, premarital counseling, divorce counseling, just, and, just, and being in ministry. And was God doing anything through me? Absolutely. It's by his grace. It's by his grace. It, it's his plan to use broken, but he knows we're jacked up, but he chose to use us anyway. I mean, what, what else would he have to work with? All right? So, so stop thinking God can't use you because of your past. Have you read the Bible? There's some jacked up folks in there. I mean, there's some, very, there's some stories in there that should be really encouraging to you. Listen to David. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. That sounds wonderful to you look at David's life. Uh, well, David, what, what happened there, bro? I thought you were the word and never what happened. How didn't the word tell you about Bathsheba? What happened, bro? Right. But yet God didn't throw him away. Peter denies Jesus three times, and yet God didn't throw him away. Guys, he can handle our mistakes. He can handle our sin. He can handle our past. He can handle all of that. But if you are seriously wanting to be like Jesus, let him make you like Jesus. And that decision has to be in your heart. It's not just the activities. It's in your heart. Have you opened up your heart to say, Jesus, I want to follow you with everything. 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 Have you made that decision? Have you made that decision? Jesus, I want to follow you with everything. Have you made that decision? This is different than, well, I just don't want to go to hell, so I'm going to accept Jesus. Mm. Mm Mm-mm. This is not about running from hell. This is about running to God the Father through his gift to us in Jesus Christ. And saying, I am forsaking the world for Jesus. And when you make that decision, the Holy Spirit begins to just do a work in you. Boom, 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 boom. And so I began to reflect in my life on what was a hindrance for me in, in being changed in these different areas. So let's just take scripture, prayer, worship. I began to, to, to analyze my view of these particular activities. And I had some hindrances in my, in my view. And maybe, maybe some of you as well. When you think about um, studying the word of God, because you, you're not going to be coming to the Building Christian Fellowship and not know the value of the word of God. But you can still have a wrong view of the word of God that blocks what you receive from it. If, you've, if you view the Bible as um, basic instructions before leaving earth, no, wait, just hold on. <laughs> My problem with that is that the Bible is not an instruction book. 
It's a revelation book. That when God inspired all these writers over a period of 1,300 years to record and write what was going on, the purpose of the whole book is not to give us rules to live by. It's to reveal the heart of God and to reveal his plan. So for me, man, I, if, when my view was, um, and, and let me just kind of side note in my, my life as a, as a pastor, there was a long period of my life where the only time I opened up the Bible was to prepare a Bible lesson. Right? So we talk about going through the I can talk to you about going through the motions. And I can talk to you about the difference. You can treat the Bible as just a book of rules. And when you view it as a book of rules, your heart sees it as a book of rules. And your heart really has not been created for a book of rules. So underlying all your efforts to memorize the scripture, your heart is like, uh, I'm looking for a relationship, not rules. And when you view the Bible as a book of rules, you will have this hesitancy, this resistance to studying it. You know you're supposed come, come on. You know you're supposed to read it, but you don't. Right? Been there, y'all. You know you, but you don't. Why? Because in your heart, you don't want what you think is in there. You don't need anybody else telling you what to do. You don't need anything else shining a light on how far below the standards you are and how you miss it every day. You don't need reminders of that. If that's what you think the Bible is, you're not going to read it, you're not going to study it, and you certainly don't want to memorize it and meditate on it. But if you view it as God's word and revelation of who he is, if you view the Bible or your app or whatever as a means by which God wants to be personal to you, then you're going to read it because you want to know him. See, when your heart is yearning to know God, you pick up the book a little differently. You approach it a little differently. And if he pulls, and, and, and if you're reading a passage that points to sin in your life, you don't feel condemned, you feel corrected. Right? You don't feel criticized, you feel loved. You feel cared for. Because of the approach to the word and the view of the word. But when you had experience with people that have taken the word and beaten you over the head with it, they've taken the word and tried to manipulate, manipulate your behavior, try to get you to do what they want you to do and just quote scripture or quote things that they said in scripture but not scripture. Come on now. It, it, it affects your view of the word. And so, so the shift in the heart towards God how you see God, how you view God, and how you see his word that can shift your relationship with the word and your relationship with God. Man, people are trying to, people are trying to learn this thing without even knowing the author. The purpose of the book is so you, to know the author. Over and over and over, Paul was praying to the Ephesians, to the Galatians, I'm praying that, that God would, would, yeah, you would grow in the knowledge of God. Grow in the knowledge of God. Grow in the knowledge of God. Jesus in John chapter 17 says, this is eternal life, that they may know you and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is all about knowing God. Christianity, the whole goal and point of Christianity is unity with God. Union with God. That's it. Everything else should be pointing towards that. When you come together in a large group, uh, uh, gathered, you, we wanted, one of our goals here is that we walk away with a better understanding and knowledge of who God is. 
when we gather in small groups as a smaller community, one of the outcomes should be growing in your knowledge of God. When you're studying the scripture, the goal you should have in mind is knowledge of God. When you kneel down to pray, the goal you should have in mind is not a financial breakthrough, but knowledge of God. And in that knowledge of God, he'll give you inspiration. He'll give you wisdom. He can give you guidance about the financial breakthrough, about healing in your body, about your children, about your marriage, all those kind of things. But if you view prayer as a crowbar to pry out of God the blessings that you want for yourself, you will, you will miss the opportunity you have in prayer to know God. And we can be so selfish. We can be so selfish. And so, so my view of scripture is one way it'll affect how I interact with it. If my view of prayer is one way, I, again, just reflecting, like, God, what's, what are these things that, that hinder? And, 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 and he began to just show me these different views that were problematic for me. Can I tell you that even as a pastor, I can say probably the span of five to seven years, the only time I prayed is when I ate or when someone at church asked me to pray. Don't you mm me. Huh? Don't, don't, mm, don't, don't, mm, don't, don't, don't go Pharisee on me. Don't, don't you dare go Pharisee on me. Because if I pass you the mic, let's talk about your prayer life. You better calm down. It, it wasn't that I made the decision I'm not going to pray. I'm only going to pray when I'm blessing my biscuits and gravy or when I'm at church and ask me to pray for people or pray. Like, I didn't make the decision to do that. This is in retrospect as I'm reflecting. I don't even, I'm not drawn to the place of prayer. I'm not, and why? Why? I'm teaching series on prayer during this Friday. Come on now. But I, I don't see this as a problem. I, I'm, not even, I'm not even missing it. He's highlighting this stuff to me. The father is talking to me about how my, my, uh, my priorities were different and, and off. He's highlighting to me how I got caught up in ministry performance instead of real relationship. Like he's highlighting these things to me. And in the midst of it all, because of his grace, he still saved people, healed people, delivered deliver people. Because it's by his spirit, not my effort. It's by his grace, not my wisdom and my experience or my degrees. God's grace is committed to using broken vessels <laughs> and fixing them as he moves through them. He seals up cracks while he's leaking through them. So you stop being so hard on yourself and get out of this whole performance-based Christianity that you think you're still trying to prove yourself to God, still trying to prove yourself worthy to God trying to pay God back because he saved you. You going to pay him back? With what? <laughs> what, what, what? What you going to do? How, how you, if you think you can pay God back, you don't know how big a debt you have. If you don't understand how big a debt you had, 
then you can appreciate his payment for it. So when I looked at prayer, yeah, I'm telling you, this is what he was just telling me because he, he wanted more from me than what I, was, what I was doing and what I was receiving and what I was, what I was believing. So let's look at prayer. He said, let's, let's talk about prayer. You, he said, John, you teach on prayer. You read books on prayer. I mean, I've got, y'all, I've read so many books on prayer. And during that time, I remember getting to a place, I was like, man, if I had actually been praying, <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm going to take a little sip on that one. If I actually spent that time and those hours praying, finished reading books on prayer, I'd know more about God. He'd have done more things in me. But I was reading this book and that book and that book, and this book talks about you need to become like this, you need to be doing this, and this book talks about this, 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 and, and spiritual warfare prayer and intercessory prayer and this kind of prayer and, 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 and demon chasing prayer and all this kind of prayer and all the you know, financial breakthrough prayer. And, you know, it's like, and I ain't, but I ain't praying, but I'm becoming an expert <laughs> on something I am not doing. Don't talk to me about going through the motions. I get it, and I know the difference. And when you read that many books on prayer, then when it's time to pray, you can't help but think about trying to do it right. Now you're focused on performance, not prayer. Now you want to do it right instead of know him. And it's all about you. You know what that produces? Anxiety. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to, I don't, you know. And all you can think about is when you grew up and, that, that old, and them, them deacons got to praying and mothers got to praying and they're praying for a long time, right? You're like, I got to do it like that? No, they did like that because there was a relationship that backed it up. You don't just try to imitate what they're doing. It came from somewhere, right? It came from knowing him. Through some ups and downs, they know him. So I thought, man, I've just, I realized it's all about performance. Um, and so that's why I stopped trying to learn how to pray. That day I stopped trying to learn how to pray. And I focused on using prayer to learn about him. To learn about me. There's no anxiety there. There's no anxiety. I just want to know him. And so I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable asking him questions uh, about him. God, this happened. What do, you, what do you think about this? What do you think about our campaign, our presidential campaign? What do you think about Donald Trump? What do you think about Joe Biden? What do you think about the coronavirus? What do you think about mask or no mask? What do you think about BLM? Black Lives Matter or Police Lives Matter? God, what do you, what do you, what do you think? What do you think? And he gives you answers. Watch this. He doesn't give you answers that satisfy your curiosity. He gives you answers that change your heart. And when it changes your heart, stuff just leaves you guys. That's about all I can tell you. Stuff just leaves you. You can step back from all that foolishness. Not with a judgment like, oh, I'm glad I'm not like them. No, it's like, Father, I pray for your church. 
pray for your church. God, we got some problems. We got some issues. We're, we're tangled up in the world, and you called us out of the world. Pray and praying for your church. God, talk to me about my kids. How, how should I? This just happened, and you know what I wanted to do. God, talk to me about my spouse. Talk to me about my... And he starts talking. There's thoughts that come into your mind that are too brilliant to have come from you. That's him. That's him. That's him. That's him. People say, I can't hear God. And no, what you're telling me is you can't sit still. That's what you're telling me. It's him. It's him. It's him. When a God gives you Calvary, that's not a God who you have to beg to speak to you. When a God says, this is my son, we're going to call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's not a God you have to beg to show up. So when I pray, it's not, it's not, God, please show up. Please this, please. It's like, no, God, show me where you are. I don't see you. It's not that you aren't here. I don't see where you're, what you're doing. Show me where you are. You see, it's a different, it's a whole different. Where are you? Like, like my, my anxiety and my fear right now is because I don't know what you're doing. It's not that you're gone. It's not that you're not here where I got to beg you to come beg us to up. God wants you to. No, 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 no. God, open up my eyes so I can see what you're up to. Because I know you're here. I know you're with me. Show me how you're with me. Because right now, I feel like you're not. Right now, I feel like I'm by myself. But I know I'm not. Show me. The chaos has clouded my view. The stuff has, has, has clouded my view, I need you to show me, get the clouds away so I can see the S-O-N sunshine again. So I stopped trying to learn how to pray because I stopped making it a performance. And if God wants me to pray differently, he'll tell me. He'll tell me in prayer. He'll tell me how to pray for a breakthrough. He'll tell me what to do, what to say, what to, how to fast, what to fast. He'll tell, he'll tell me because he's a good father who wants the best for me. He'll He'll tell me. I don't have to guess. He'll tell me. And so these are the things that as I came to God and said, I, 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 I want to be changed. I want to be changed. I want to go through all these things. I want to be changed. It's shifting the focus from putting faith in the activities to putting faith in the person that the activities are supposed to be about. Faith in the object of prayer, the object of worship. It's not about the form of worship. Y'all, when folks complain about what songs we're singing, that's flesh. It is what it is. That's flesh. Well, they ain't even singing my song. This ain't your song. We ain't talking to you. We're not talking to you. See, I told you earlier how easy selfishness can slip in. 
we made all this stuff about us. And we wonder why God does, doesn't move the way he wants to move, because we think about us. We think about it, it's all about him. Make, it, make your lives, guys, make your lives all about him. All about him. People's, I don't know God's purpose. No, 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 no. You don't see him tagging on with your life. God's purpose for your life is clear. You don't want that. You want something else. That's why it's unclear. You want to add God on. You don't want to forsake the world and deny self. And your flesh is all in the way. That's why it's not clear. I don't know who I am in Christ. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. What do you, what do you mean you don't know who you are? Let's talk about who you are and what God has done for you. Let's talk about your new identity and your new purpose and your new nature and your new life. And let's, let's talk about getting God-centered again, Christ-centered again. I'm telling you, my Christian friends, and then I'll, I'll close. I mean, a real close, not a Baptist close, like a real. <laughs> I used to be Baptist, so I'm, I can pick on the Baptist. When you think of all the questions in your life you have about God, about your walk with him, about all that kind of stuff, all those questions, let me come back to you with this question. Is your life centered on him? If it's not, I mean, honestly, if it's not, you're going to be confused. Have you decided to live only for him. Not to have him as a life coach. To live only for him. If you're clear about living only for him, forsaking the world, living only for the one who saved you, only for the one who raised you, only, living only, y'all, living only, only, only. Only. Because if not, it doesn't matter what else you try to do. If not, other things in your life will not be clear until this is crystal clear. Across our country, people are trying to teach folk how to get God to bless you. How to, it, it's a me-centered gospel. And God is your personal assistant. God is your divine butler. This is what you need to do to get God. This is what you, no, 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 no. We're living for him. 
We're living for his glory. We are living for the world to know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We are living for the world to know that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're living for the world to know that that, that the gift of God is eternal life. We're living for that. And how that plays out in your life is based on your role as a spouse, a parent, a, a supervisor, an entrepreneur entrepreneur, a stay-at-home mom or dad, or all the different things you do in your life, it, it, it should, uh, this goal, this, this focus, should, it should play out in that. Those things put us in different contexts where we reveal the nature of who God is and his plan for them. And when you do that, things become clear. You know he's always with you. You know who you are. You know your purpose. You enjoy reading the word and receiving and eating it like bread and food. You enjoy prayer with no anxiety or worry about if you're dressed right, if you said it right, if you called him all the names you heard growing up. You can just enjoy and just a relationship with him. You can enjoy being amidst of all the other saints. And even if there are hypocrites, they don't bother you because you know who you are. Even if they're judgmental, it's okay. Reveal to them the grace of God and the grace of God. Let that melt away their religiosity. Let them see what freedom really looks like. Let them see what you don't have to criticize them, point finger. Let them see. Let them see how it looks like for you and I to be children of God on earth in unite in unity with God through Jesus Christ. I didn't spend a whole lot of time thinking about what to title this message, so you can call it what you want. Let's all stand. In a moment, I'm going to invite those of you who want to who want to come up and. And here's what it is. Here's why. If you're sitting here, you're thinking, man, I believe Jesus died for me. I believe he rose again for me. I believe, you know, that my, my sins are forgiven. But, man, I, there's still a decision I never made. I, I, I decided to be saved. I didn't decide to follow. I, I, maybe that's you. And I'll invite you to come up and just have a conversation with God. I'm not going to give you a script to repeat. I'm just, just have a conversation with God. And even just coming up here, that'll be symbolic of you saying, I want to do something new starting today. There might be others of you here and you're like, yeah, I know I'm saved, but man, I, I have hit a spiritual wall, a, 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 this invisible ceiling in my spiritual walk. And I, I just feel stuck. I feel stagnant. I don't have the joy that I know I should have. And I, I just want to be clear. I want to just be clear today. I'm living for God alone. And if that's you, you can come up and make that statement. That's what that statement will be for you. Make that statement today. Today is the day I'm deciding to really turn my back on everything the world has to offer me. And I just want to live for you. I'm inviting you to come up. I'm inviting you to come up. And just have some time. You just talk with God yourself. 
you just, just talk with him. You just talk with him. And I'm going to pray this closing blessing over you all. Uh, Pastor Donald, is, is there anything else after I pray? Am I, am I, I'm it? Okay. I'm going to pray this, this blessing over you all. I mean, and, and where they come on out, there's, there's not, it's like those who come are better than me. That, no, don't go. No, 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 no. We're all doing it different. This is one option. If you want to do something to just come and just make a, make a marker today. God, I'm deciding today. My whole heart is yours. I'm deciding today. My whole life is yours. I realize man, I've been trying to get you to do my thing. I've been trying to look at, go to conferences and read books. Uh, anyone who could tell me how to get you to do my thing. And I realize I, like the, the veil is lifted now and I see I've made this whole thing different than what it's, it's supposed to be. And I want to behold the glory of the Lord. I want to be transformed. It's the glory of the Lord. So take me in one degree of glory to the next. Take me one degree of glory. This is just, I'm submitting. I'm submitting. I'm opening my heart. And you can do it by coming up here. You can do it at your seat. It doesn't matter, but it's just, there's, there's an option. So there's no pressure. There's no, no condemnation. And there's no comparison either. It's just an option and opportunity. See, Father, I'm opening my heart to you. My heart is yours. My heart is yours. My heart is yours. Be my God and be my divine uh, Father. Father me. Father me. Father me. Father me. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. That you would help your children open their hearts up to you. And if there is a person here who has never decided to be your child, never decided to follow Jesus, never ask you for the forgiveness of their sins, I pray that they experience your grace right now, your grace that has, has caught them and captured them. We pray for salvations today. We pray for restorations today. We pray for clarity today. Clarity in identity, clarity in purpose, clarity in the path that you have given to us to become like Jesus, empowered by your spirit. Thank you for what you're doing all around this room. I know that you have been busy in this room and I'm grateful to you for that. I'm grateful to you for that. Thank you for being so kind to us, so gentle to us, so receiving, so loving, so forgiving. Father, I pray for supernatural strength for those who need your strength today. Peace for those who need your peace. Stability for those who need your stability. I pray for freedom from worry and fear in the name of Jesus. I pray for physical healing today in the name of Jesus. We thank you for being so good. Bless us now as we go our separate ways and go the rest of our day, God. Continue the work that you've started in us. That in your word you said you're going to keep it going until Christ returns. We're so grateful for moments like this.
We thank you for who you are to us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.